Everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of Reality Breached. I am usually your host, Sergio, um, but th- this week I've got a, a a couple of fellas here. Uh, one of them is, of course, my buddy Reed Walker, and the other is Kyle Jones from the Discussing Network. And if I'm being completely honest, he's a much better host of this kind of stuff. Uh, so I'm going to kick it over to him uh, and take it away. You know what? I'm going to disagree with you. I don't think I am a better host, my friend. I think I'm just a different host. So we're just doing something different. So I'm going to keep you in that awesome host reality breaching category. How about that? That works for me. Mm. That means I'm in charge. I'm still in charge. Yes, indeed. So feel free to chop in, chop my head off anytime you want. I give you carte blanche. Ooh. Mm. Mm. Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> but what are we eternally here to talk about? I don't know. Maybe it's one other or none other than the eternal. So, gentlemen, I know as fact that the two of you have both seen this movie just as I have because we actually saw it about 45 minutes ahead and behind each other. So I just want to say real quick before anyone or we go any further for anyone listening. If you've not seen Eternals, go out, listen to it, come back because guess what? We're going to have spoilers. All righty, gentlemen, let me say real quick that Eternals is the 26th film in the MCU franchise, and it is introducing audiences to the characters collectively known as the Eternals. It premiered theatrically in the United States on November the 5th, 2021, and has, as of this recording, received mixed reviews from critics and audiences alike. So summary view, Reed, I want to start with you. Summary view, what did you think of this movie? Um, I think it tries to do a bit too much. I, I like the concepts that are kind of there, but I think it seems to half-bake a lot of the things that it was trying to do that, that could have been good, where you have the Eternals' relationships with each other and their impact on the world as they've been there. And it just doesn't go far enough or, or can't go far enough because it's trying to do tell 10 different character stories, include all of them, include 7,000 some odd years of history. So it just falls a bit short to me. And some of the uh, acting or concepts of like relation, the relate, the romantic relationships between characters and their choices don't necessarily make sense consistently to me. So. I think it's better than what I've ever what I've seen on like Rotten Tomatoes. I think last time I saw it was about a 50 or 48. I think it's better than that, but I can at least understand why it's mixed. Okay. Sergio, what say you? Uh, I'm going to echo a lot of that, um, specifically the, the the need for this movie to service 10 different characters. Uh in in movies such as this that are you know like high concept sci-fi comic book movies, there's only really a handful of those that we can point to and say that was done better. One of them, of course, is X Men. X Men has to service a lot of characters, but it's assumed the audience is coming in with some sort of film uh, familiarity with some of them. Like you come into an X Men mo- uh, movie knowing who Cyclops is, you don't have to do any explanation there. This movie was starting from scratch with a lot of characters and. I just I feel like they they could have done a much better job of maybe three or four of them are completely unnecessary. Uh, I'm sure they're pivotal to the comic book or they're pivotal to, uh, you know, the the relationships of the other characters. But as Reed said, a a lot of the relationship uh, dynamics really just didn't didn't feel fully fleshed out mainly because they had to 
explains so many things in such a short amount of time. It's a beefy movie. Like, it's really long. It's about two, what, two hours, 36 minutes, something like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. it's got, a, a like, a nice runtime, but a, so much of it is this person likes this person, but this person's motivated by this and blah, 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 and then backstabbing and blah. It, there's so much story they have to tell that I'm a huge fan of the story they were telling. I just feel like had they cut two or three characters out and kind of tightened everything up, it would have felt better for both critics and viewers. Hmm. All right. So for me, I'm going to echo exactly everything the two of you said. I, I loved getting to see these characters but I was mostly coming into this just as probably you guys were with not a lot of history and not a lot of knowledge about the Eternals per se, because I really, really knew about one Eternal for the most part, which is Cersei. The majority of the characters there, I knew of them, but I had never really paid attention to the few Eternals books that there have been. And they have not had the history that even the Inhumans have had, in my opinion, as far as exposure and constant marvelization of their books. Yes, they've been around since 76, but they went away from 76 to 85, and then they had a series, and then I think it was 2002 three or four before they had another miniseries. So they've not really been out there other than just these hit and misses. So I I think it was a little long, and I agree with everything that you guys said. So that leads my, to my next question, which is, and Sergio, I'll point this to you first. Were you familiar with any of these characters, or were you going in completely fresh to them? Uh, I was going in completely fresh, um, m- much like when I uh, went to watch Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, um, in, 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 in this case, when like when Guardians came out, a couple of my comic book friends were like, oh, dude, Guardians. Awesome. When they announced Eternals, there was not a single person in my purview that was like stoked they were making an Eternals movie. And that, that, that's not a condemnation of the of, of the. Of of the source material, it's just that's how obscure it is. Mm. Reed, what about you? I would probably. I hope this doesn't just become a running trend. Maybe when we get a little more into analysis, it'll be less. But I do kind of echo both of you a bit there. I knew about them, but that's to say, if what your guys' understanding was is a hundred percent, mine was ninety nine percent. So. I really didn't know enough about them to care. That's for sure. I knew their their name, and that's kind of it. And that they were this cosmic or celestial type, that, you know, big story characters. But that's really about it. And so, and I don't think this movie did did me any did me too many favors <laughs> for understanding them better. Yeah, and you know, interestingly enough, they decided to tweak their origin a little bit and the spoiler warning's already gone out so we know that you know there's no spoiler here but that said in the comics which Jack Kirby created the uh, excuse me the Eternals back in 1976 after a stint at DC Comics creating the new gods which are Darkseid and that bunch that we've been seeing in the DCEU after he created them he came back to Marvel and created the Celestials and in in many ways, excuse me, the Eternals and in many ways picked up some of the things he was trying to do with the new gods over at DC with the Eternals. But the Eternals Mm -hmm. were specifically an offshoot of humanity that the Celestials had created, whereas it's tweaked in this story here to where they're almost robotic. And that was the biggest thing that was kind of like, I'm not really sure I like this. So what did you guys think kind of getting into that analysis and read? Why don't you take this first? Did you like this idea that they're rebooted every time and they're millions of years old? Did you like that? So, 
so I'll answer that with a I need another question answered first, maybe if you know it. Mm-hmm. So you say they're robots. Are they I'm trying to think of the right way to ask this? Are they built to be perfect, so to speak, in some kind of way, or are they just uh, we're just here's a random assortment of powers for this group of people? Yeah, yeah, I do know about their powers, but let me ask you this. Am I wrong to to assume that the way they were interpreted in the movie was as robots? Am I wrong there? Did I read that wrong or how did you guys take it? Um, Robot is such like that word is is kind of uh, tainted by the idea of, you know, humanoid robots on, you know, in, in science fiction. I, I think the, the, like artificial being is probably the best way to put it. Got gotcha, you. Got gotcha. you. Because, because yeah, like it, it's, it's a being. Made. That, yeah, it, they were they were they were made and they've existed for centuries and they have been rebooted and, 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 and erased and that kind of stuff. Um, but it's not as simple as saying, oh, they're made of metal, you know. Good. Good point. Good point. So but you were asking, correct me if I'm wrong, Reed, you were asking about their powers, right? Well, more so here. Here's where this is coming from. Uh, I'll just go ahead and say part. This might jump overlap into something later. But take say the Mercurial, I guess was her name, the the Death Speedster. Mm-hmm. If she so being a speedster, it's a pretty good power set to have in a group generally. But if these things are supposed to be, and now this is all conjecture or just assumption. If it's wrong, then this makes different sense. If they're supposed to be perfect beings or in lieu or sort of perfect, why in the world are you functionally making a deaf person? Like there's there's no (laughs) there's arguably no benefit per se to do that. So if they're supposed to be perfect kind of uh, beings, that just seems kind of off putting to me. No offense to anything, anyone being deaf whatsoever. I get diversity yada 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 but when you say all of these beings are perfect representations of the celestial be the celestial bodies i don't think making one of them death really it doesn't really compute to me i know this isn't your original question but no 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 but 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 i like the but i like the avenue that you're going down number one i think as far as casting wise i know the actress is from the walking dead i know she's done other things but i know her first from the walking dead and the actor herself is you know she is she is deaf and she her character in the walking dead uses sign language so i get that if i want to try to make it really really heady here i could say well the celestials were doing that because they wanted to to teach people that even with imperfections everyone's perfect maybe but i think oh, that okay. was more okay. so just a casting thing yeah, that outside of they universe did. <clears throat> yeah. yeah yeah and uh, so many little bitty things just bother me about this movie and that is one of them because I'm one of the, the the chief champions for diversity like you know you walk into a movie and you're like oh there's there's no brown people in this movie. What's what's going on? You know, so like I, the diversity of this cast is fantastic. You know, uh, yeah. f- for all intents and purposes, your main character is an Asian woman, which is, you know, you don't ever see that in in big action movies. But to stretch that diversification, you know, rubber band so far that you're starting to fracture the story that you've created doesn't do the story any any favors like the the actress that that plays the speedster she's a wonderful actress i've uh, and i've seen her on the walking dead as well she's like she's great at her job but yeah. it doesn't make sense within your lore to have a deaf character because not not only are you creating the, you you already have to suspend your disbelief uh when all of these characters are speaking english for centuries right Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you, on top of that, have to suspend it even farther by saying not only are they speaking English, but all of them know American Sign Language. Mm. Yeah. You know, now, now it this breaks is, it for me a little. And it does to me, too, a little bit. Now, this does, again, I can't stress this enough. This comes from if they're meant to be perfect type beings of some ilk in that vein, if they're just – here we're just throwing out, uh, you know, created life. 
And if they just happen to have a a deafness or blind or short or tall or forever child, so be it, right? Then then and that all that's fine. And her being deaf and Sprite being a forever child is not, all that's fine. It, and and, I, and I would say that they're not. not supposed to be perfect beings. Okay. Then, the, like the, then their I job is to. Yeah, like like their their job is to tr- to track those what those what are those big monsters called deviants. The, the deviants. deviants. Yeah, track and kill the deviants. Uh, the the sec- their secondary job is to blend in. Right. Okay. Right. And maybe that was the the idea because why curse someone with the forever child? You know, why make them be millions of years old or five thousand years old for that matter, but yet be a child? Yeah. Now, Kyle, do you remember your original question to me? Because I know I didn't answer it. <laughs> no, 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 no. And and my original question is irrelevant because I absolutely loved where this went because we're going right into the next point that I wanted to make, which and okay. so we're absolutely good, which is and this is a two part question. But my question to you guys is, were the characters accessible to you and i know we've we're kind of hinting on it or hitting on it a little bit but did you connect with these characters and if so which ones did you or which ones didn't you if you if there's any that come to your mind thoughts oh snap do you you want to take this sergio or do you want me to uh i'll 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 start it uh because i but before i can comment on the characters themselves i do need to comment on the the casting I think as a whole, the movie is casted superbly well. Uh, yeah. All of all of the Eternals, you know, save for a few bunk lines of dialogue here and there, specifically from like Richard Madden and uh, the, Druig. The, Druig, yeah, whoever that kid was. Like, they kind of all, all of them personified what that character is the best they could. And it it showed on screen. Like, I really liked that Uh, as for connecting with the characters. I don't think you're supposed to connect with all of them. No, I agree with that. Yeah. uh, Like I really connected with um, Kumail Nanjiani's character. You know, he, you know, he he had a little pea shooter or he could charge up his, his, his power, which is really cool power. But he was there to, live life and enjoy himself. And ultimately when it came to, when it came down to it, he was not willing to fight his family. He took the, 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 the nonviolent passive. He just, he, he bolted, which is a bold move in this type of movie. You know, you, you, you expect the big final showdown to have all of your characters, but one of them is just bowing out and refusing to fight, which as I said, is bold and I respect and I love that character that and his behavior there only cemented that. OK, Reed, what about you? Yeah. Um, I really liked Cena. And some of this is because I have a predisposition toward the goddess Athena from other media right. that I've played or other games where she's uh, where she's a character and things like that. So. But I liked the kind of character that she is. This this uh, you know Wonder Woman warrior esque character is cool to me. But I really did dig her 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 problem, like that she's if I remember to if I say it correctly, how she's remembering her past life and it creates this madness in her and the relationship between her and Gilgamesh and Gilgamesh choosing to stay and protect her and that's him loving her. And just her problem with all that is really, I really get to that. I really appreciate that. That said, my only, I guess my, as a double side of it is the negative. It doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. Nothing really comes of it outside of manifested conflict for a scene or two with her having that. There's no, unless I'm mistaken, I didn't, and I don't recall something. So I I stand corrected if so, but it, so it doesn't go anywhere, I guess, right? It just doesn't have – there's no consequence. She just deals with it, and and I guess that's fine. Maybe I shouldn't complain mm-hmm. about that if she gets it under control or something. It just doesn't mean very much for the story to me. Now, now the way yeah. I interpret it, I agree with you, 
but, and I do agree that it added some conflict and some fight scenes, et cetera, and so forth. That said, I th- thought the my interpretation of that was we as the audience at first are assuming that her brain is too full for lack of a better phrase. And mm-hmm. then we find out that actually what's happening is her past lives are bleeding into her present life. So it's it kind of shifts that a little bit. But as far as my favorites out of it, I did like her. I thought Angelina Jolie did a great job of bringing poise to the character, making her yeah. memorable, but not overshining anyone else. And Gemma right. Chan did an awesome job as Cersei. She, I, I really liked her Cersei. Mm-hmm. I, and I do too. I like her, that actress, or she seemed to do the role well. She's she's about one tier under Captain Marvel from that movie, though. Like she doesn't. I I can't name a characteristic about her other than that she she gives a crap about people. I guess that she's the good guy. She's she's so bland. And no, I'm not asking her to smile more or anything like that. Just I don't feel like they gave her much character. You know, oh, oh, I know that she likes playing on her phone. I know that. Well, I will say this, and I am a little biased. Cersei is the only eternal that I am familiar with from the comics. So my liking her is the fact that I'm seeing Cersei in real life in many ways. So part of my thought that's fair, yeah. you know, process is because, oh, cool, you know, here's Cersei. Because, again, that's the only one that I was really familiar with. But speaking of the comics, everything I've been asking in the last probably 10 minutes is leading up to this question. Would you go buy a comic now – would you be interested if somebody even gave you an Eternals comic and said, here's, you know, a mini series of the comic. Would you be interested in reading it based on going to see the movie? Are, are we even the target audience for this question, Sergio? Is this a good question for us? <laughs> well, well, you will see I, I in just a moment why I'm asking this question. Well, well and so why I say that, and I'm going to butt Sergio real quick. I, I don't buy comics really in the first place. And I, and I have my favorites. I don't even buy those. So it's that I don't I would feel in a on that question. All right. But you will see in just a moment why I'm asking. So, Sergio, okay. what do you say? Uh, if I was given the comic, as, as you said in, in your scenario, I would absolutely read it. Yes. OK. Oh, you mean like if you got it for free like that? Yeah. 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 So I'm going to give you yeah. a free Black Panther comic and I guarantee you. From watching Black Panther the movie, you will pick up and you will open and you will see someone who may not look exactly like Chadwick Boseman, but you will see a character presented in the vein of Chadwick Boseman. Here's where I think Marvel's going to have a problem with the Eternals. I'm actually a little interested in the Eternals that I saw on screen. I open up a comic and see the Eternals as they are. Sprite is a guy. Makari is a guy. Ajax is a guy. Keep going, keep going, keep going. The only two females that I am familiar with are Cersei and Thena. Everyone else is a white male for the most part. So I'm not going to see in the comic what I have seen on screen, and I think that's a problem. Um, oh, I don't know. You go ahead and take that. Yeah, I'm, I like. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I guess. I, I guess if we're gonna a- answer that question, we have to. Uh, we we have to have some sort of assumption as to what Mar- Marvel and Disney's purpose is, because. I don't think Marvel and Disney are making these Marvel movies to get you to buy comic books. That is true. They're, I agree. They're they're just using the comic lore as you know they dip into it, find what they want to use, and then make money off of it. Uh, they 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 could literally care less what's happening to the characters in the books. Um, so I, I guess <laughs> coming at this from a comic reader standpoint, I get that. I get like. Uh, that's a lot of changes to make. 
uh, to bring to the screen. Um, but I think they did it. You know, they they know what they're doing. They're doing it on purpose. Oh, right. And yeah. and let me add this to the, to my question there, or a little opinion from the background of my question. I'm actually more interested in this version that I saw on screen than I've ever been. I've never <laughs> been interested in reading an Eternals comic. So my point <laughs> being is th the formula that they've used here, good or bad, you know, and the fact that we didn't get X, Y, Z, or we did get too much of X, Y, Z. I like what I saw better <coughs> than what I have seen in the past from the comic. Well, then I, that, I that's would, good. <laughs> I, I will give a little bit of an answer to your question now that I've kind of heard y'all and, and and I already kind of said that I'm not involved as much, so I don't. It's not like I'm going to go buy a comic of anything. Just about that said, I I'm very more, uh, much more of a black and white analytical in this kind of thing. Like where you said, all the most of the characters are different, either ethnicity wise or sex wise. From their comic counterpart so i do see that as a that's a risk that they run in alienating a consumer from buying a comic or seeing the movie or you know whichever direction they're coming from originally so that is something that they and i'm sure they did or they don't care about they do have to take that into consideration because you are drastically changing like half the characters you're not just changing Robin from a boy to a girl, hypothetically. You're changing, sounds like, five or more characters. Correct, so yes. It, it's something that I, I'm sure they've considered. I'm sure they have panels of people to have considered all that. And <laughs> I, I would acknowledge that as, as as the way you put it. But, I, you know, what that means, I don't know. But, you know, to kind of sum it up before we move on, which is this isn't like DC coming out and saying, look, this is Daniel Prince, Wonder Man. I mean, this is these are not known characters like right. Wonder Woman or Superman or Captain America or whomever. Right, right. Like when when, when you're true. making yeah. when, when you're making these huge changes, you kind of have to do the math to see how many people will be butthurt afterwards. Yes. You know, yes. and it's the Eternals. There's not going to be that many people. And yeah, and, that's fair. Yeah. And let me say this for again, for everyone listening, by it, no means do I have a problem with changing the race and or sex of a character by um, if anyone knows things that I'm on, I do a podcast about a character who changes potentially their race and sex every three or four years. So there you go. Uh, I, I do have a question for you, Kyle. OK, um, answer me this. Does Marvel currently have an Eternals comic on the shelves that mirrors the Eternals in this movie? No, no. That there, there is, is a surprising. new. Uh, there, well, I will say I don't think because there is a new Eternals comic out, but I don't think that their presentation of these characters are as they are in the movie. They may very well be. They may have twisted and changed the story a little bit to where something happens and they've changed. I don't know, but I don't think so. Interesting. It's, it just seems like the left arm's not talking to the right arm. Bingo. You know. But speaking of left arms and right arms, meaning left arm may be the cinema, right arm may be Disney+. Plus. My question to you guys is, we're saying how this built, et cetera, and so forth. As opposed to two and a half hours in the theater, would this maybe have been a better 50 minute times eight or 50 minute times 10 series on Disney Plus? Do we think that we might would have had a better payoff as the Disney Plus series? Thoughts? Oh, Reed, take this because I got to gather my thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I. I think maybe is is an inaccurate word. I think yes is just flat. It should have been because and, and here's where I where this really comes from. I think I was already kind of leaning towards saying yes anyway, but I heard a thing or two and definitely moved me. Where take Faustus for example, where you have him. I believe it's early on in the movie, like Act One, end of Act One, where he 
helps them make the atom bomb and he's really beside himself about this whole situation and and whatnot and then i think it's into act two into three somewhere in there where we finally see him again and he has this whole family now and his motivations have changed but we just don't see so much of like what affected him how it affected him his process all these things it's it feels very off screen ish where in a say a series they could have given dedicated an episode to faustus or you know however much however much time but they could have dedicated him working with humans to make the atom bomb and he you know he has these lofty ideas and wants good and yada yada and and then what happens happens and he's devastated and then either in the same episode or another one you you really see because he because in that moment he's lost his way to humans and doesn't under doesn't know what he wants to do and he's beside himself and then the next time we see him he's superhuman he's super I'm on side of humans and care about my at least the humans he wants to the, either one and and I feel like you don't you can't unless you just choose to focus on him rather than someone else you can't get that perspective in in the movie. Or you have to get that from a series and kind of similar to Thena, other than creating uh, generic conflict for the movie because you need an action scene and have her fight everybody for a minute. You could really have her and Gilgamesh going through it and dealing with it. Think of something, you know, an equivalent to me is like Alzheimer's, someone with dementia. And you can really play that up if you want to and really get to see how it affects her or Gilgamesh or the world around them. Same thing with Ajax, with her getting a dis- changing her mind about wanting to care about humanity because of what Thanos did. And we don't see any of that. We're just told that, which is fine. You know, I accept it. But it's just off screen, and we're just told that. And kind of same thing with uh, Icarus, and he's committed to the celestial cause. And there's just so many little things you could probably point at that really lends itself better to a series. So Joe, you're, you're absolutely right. And conceptually, this is a series. It it should have been a series. Uh, However, even though TV has never been better, you know, we have what's it, what's it called? It's prestige television now. Yes. Where Mm -hmm. it's hard to really tell quality wise, the difference between a movie and a TV show. There in in the in Hollywood land, there is still kind of a like nose turned up to television. Yeah. So let's say you turn this into a 10, 10 episode series where each episode you follow one specific eternal for 30 mm-hmm. minutes. And then That's the rest of the hour is telling the, you know, the together story that, you know, is happening present day. Like that's that's mm-hmm. the right way to tell this story. But yeah. do you get Angelina Jolie? Nope. Do you get uh, what's his name who played uh, the, the Brian Tyree, whatever his name is? Mm-hmm. Like, do you get all of these? Uh, ten episodes is a significant investment in an actor's like. Right, statue. it's a commitment. You know, yeah, it's it, it's quite a commitment, and at the end of the day. Disney wants to make a splash with these characters, and the way to do that is to make a movie. That's true. That is a good. You know, that's all, a fair point. Yeah. Yeah. All, all of all of the Disney television shows so far have been tied to existing properties. Yeah. And just had movies the, the, and such. Yeah. yeah the the yeah. only one that the the only one that I, I see coming up in the future that is not tied directly into an existing property is Moon Knight. True. And we think of, well, we've had this character, this actor, this actor that has been in one of the Marvel shows. Well, guess what? And I'm just speaking this just into the sky here. Guess what? They're already under contract with Marvel films and Marvel entertainment, mm-hmm. et cetera. So when you get oh, sure. uh, Mackie and uh, Sebastian Stan playing you know, the same people or you're getting Maximoff and Vision, they're already under contract. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, you don't have to convince them to do it, I guess, yeah. 
Yeah, and 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 Marvel has come out and said that g- moving forward through phases four and five or five and six or whatever, they're going to be getting away from long term contracts like that because they want to be able to bring in bigger names that aren't scared of the project. You know, if if you want oh, Brad yeah. Pitt to be in a Marvel film, Brad Pitt's not going to sign a seven movie deal. Bingo. Right. And he's not going to be in a TV show. Bingo. Agreed. Oh, yeah. All that makes sense. I, then I think you could get the, I say younger for lack of a better word, then get younger actor, actors. And I get it. You need some star power maybe sometimes, but there's there are people that will. There have to be people that will do it and that aren't bottom barrel feeders. <laughs> the, you know, true, you're true. scraping for them. I, I would love to see the contracts for this movie because you, you have your Angelina Jolie's and your Selma Hayek's, you know, the, these top dollar actresses who have been in the system for, what, 30 years now. And then you have Richard Madden and Kit Harington who made their, you know, made their living on television for so long. And then you have, you know, people that are basically unknowns like Jimma Chan. Like she's been in stuff, but she's not a household name. Kumail Nanjiani is a – yeah, yeah, that's Cersei. Uh, you got Kumail Nanjiani who's literally a stand-up comedian. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, uh, that guy would that guy would love it. Yeah, like Brian Tyree Henry, he he is an upcoming star, but he's the guy from Atlanta, you know, the, the show Atlanta, not the city Atlanta. You know, so mm. I would love to see how long-term some of these contracts are. Indeed, sure. Because my thought is, you've got to see Eternals again, especially. I mean, with that ending that we had. I mean, we know there's going to be the um, follow-up to them. There has to be. Where they will be right. next, I don't know. But um, so speaking of the ending, you know, let's let's go back to the story. We're, we're talking about the characters, the story deals with the raising of a celestial the sleeping or putting a celestial to sleep and then they are working for the celestial that basically ends with them in judgment of what for what they do how did you guys like this concept of the unimind and coming together to basically put this celestial this birth of celestial back into the womb or to the sleep or <laughs> however you want to call it. What did you guys think of that? I loved it. I absolutely loved the approach to bringing the Eternals into the MCU. Like the, the revelation that Earth is basically a battery that is, you know, powering a celestial's birth. That's very The Matrix, and I really like it. Uh, and I, I feel like they did a really good job of threading the needle. Because when you're writing a movie in the MCU, you kind of have to thread the needle to you're not so you're not disturbing all of the other properties that are happening. Uh, but when it comes to the cosmic nature of this, there's really only one thing about the end that kind of bugged me. Uh, and, and, and that is... Who was it that showed up and kidnapped the four remaining? It, it was the same one that they had been working for. Yeah, and he yeah. is known as the um, the judge or he, his his purpose as a celestial is to render judgment. Yeah. yeah like Amitage or something. Yes. Or yeah, something to that. That didn't really make any sense to me. Like. Yeah, how does he pick up three of them and not the other ones? Like, what do you what do you mean? He couldn't find the other ones. We picked well, up that, four, didn't he? Yeah, but the well, ones that went off into space had to be there for the mid mid credit scene. <laughs> <laughs> well, my my point, rather of how many there are, but yeah, he goes and yoinks up a few of them, but not all of them. Did you say of, yoink? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, did you want to start something on this on this podcast about? It? No, no. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> yeah, to Kyle's point, of course. In uni- out of universe, they got to be in the mid credit scene, so that's why they don't get snatched up. But that's dumb that all of them just don't get snatched up. That that screwed him. Uh, that didn't that didn't sit well. Well, with me. well your logic is is 
right on point because if you have this being that can basically make universes the logic is snap your fingers no pun intended and bring them all back no matter what side of the universe they're on yeah or at least he can travel to that in either way whether he can teleport them to him or not just what he's an all-powerful being i feel like they can't just hide from him on a ship (laughs) yes (laughs) and and like to add to that like their tools he literally sent his tools to this planet to do something and they misbehaved what do you do with your tools if they don't work right you either (laughs) throw them away or destroy them immediately they don't you don't grab your hammer and then put it in a box to judge it i'm not gonna like you anymore hammer yeah Yeah. you've been a bad hammer (laughs) I mean, though, realistically, to Kyle's point, it is it is they they had to be in the mid credit scene. Though. Yes. So, question um, then? Oh, go ahead, Sergio. Oh no. So to the, I, I, well, I guess that Sergio answered it mostly with the the Tiamat thing. I'm just taking my turn, I suppose. No, go for it. <laughs> to, go for to it. the final to the Tiamat thing. I, I have other statements or concerns around the the Act Three stuff. But to that specifically, I mean, whatever. It's a boss. It's just another boss fight. That's all it is. <laughs> and and just another conceit to a plot device I have to swallow that, oh, look, you have just enough of the uni mind left and you can make Sprite a person. That's how convenient. And that's neat. All right. Just another thing I have to deal with. Uh, not deal with, except I just have to not think about. But Tiamat's but just a big in-boss fight. That's uh, but, but, but I have to give this. I really have to give this. I do appreciate, I don't say I agree with or et cetera, but I do appreciate the idea of taking a character that is an eternal child and doing something in the story so that that actor can continue playing the role as that character now ages. That, I think, is cool. Right. And, and I agree with you. I can go. I can ride with that before Sergio goes in. My, my bigger issue with that is more is so much more around the circumstances with that. Yes, okay. In a vacuum, you're right. I agree with you, Kyle. That's how you get to have that little kid keep being Sprite or whatever, assuming she continues to be a character. Where I have an issue is that she's been cool with everybody. Ajax gets killed, somebody that she more than likely seemed to admire. And later when Icarus turns on all of them, she's just down for it just because she's Tinkerbell. What do you mean? And then they just there's like, no, nah, we get it. Sprite here. You can be you can have the wish thing that you want and just we'll make you a human and we're happy with you. Like these are the most forgiving people I've ever seen. This they're not incredible. People, they're beings. No. Mm. Oh. Well, these are the most forgiving beings I've seen where she and then to her, she just turns on the group on a dime because she's secretly liked Icarus for 7000 whatever years. And 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 she stabs Cersei in the back, literally. Yeah. And this is so for the record, this isn't to say it can't this this idea can't be executed. I don't think they did it well. I don't. I don't believe it. It all seems contrived as it can be. Uh, and and I, I think I'm going to disagree. Uh, I, I can see how you could, could see it as con- contrived. However, when you look at the purpose of the Eternals on Earth, like it's very easy for me to believe that her attraction to uh, Icarus. It, it's it's not the only reason she went. Like if you're enamored with someone, and that someone is like he sees himself as the hero. He's the one who is fulfilling their destiny. They're here for a reason. It's very easy to believe. Well, he's doing the right thing. That's what we're here for. It, you know, it, it it doesn't have to be. I'm gonna go with him because I think he's hot. Oh man, you know. No, it's it's just. Technically, Icarus isn't oh. the bad guy. Oh, what? Mm. He's doing his job. 
What are you, anti-human, you little idiot? What are you Look, doing? Look, I'm just saying, like, they were put on Earth for a reason. All of these other planets have had the exact same fate. It's it's it, That's how the cosmos work. And for these Eternals to be like, nah, brah, I got a different plan. Like, yeah. they're, they're the not, They're not superheroes. They're not protectors. They're gardeners. Sure. Yeah. I mean, seriously, not trying yes, to be funny, yes. but that's, no, no, that's what they are. They're it, it gardeners. Funny, but yeah, you're right. They're, they are. They're tending to the garden to wait for the team up to come through. No, that's a good, that's a very good analogy. And, yeah. and, and he's saying, I'm a gardener and don't mess up. You know, I've, I've been gardening for the last X number of years. Don't mess up the crop right before it's ready to harvest. Yeah. 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 I, I'm winning best roses this year. Yes. And as stupid, as absolutely stupid is it is for Icarus to fly into the sun, way on the nose. Like, I get it. Like, he, he has spent I mean, thousands of years, thousands of years gardening this planet only for his friends to be like, uh, we have different plans. And his his only purpose has been spoiled. Mm. No, yeah, I think him dipping into the sun is is, is definitely good. Like that's definitely on point for him to do that. Yeah, or I yeah. say on point, but yeah. it could be. I, yeah, I like that. Um, but you know what? I'm I'm finding myself. You guys are making it very hard to choose between what we just said with Sergio and what we were saying a little bit before with Reed, which is I felt it. I I'm I'm so wanting to go with you Reed, and say it felt contrived because it did as i've watched it especially when the they ultimately do the unimind thing with the rest of them maybe if they had not have done the unimind thing with them it would have felt more real but the fact that you just had this conflict but at the end of a the end they still all come together and do it that just kind of was just a little too contrived or convenient yeah, it, yeah it's it's not the end of the world i don't want to act like it is and the movie's terrible for it it's just one of the it's just an inconsistent kind of thing to me and i care about these things being on more on point and I, and i get it they're gardeners then, then some of this other stuff doesn't make sense to me. Where if this is their plan the whole time, how do they all not know it? Like, how do you not expect them? They're going to be around the population, whatever. So I'm saying whatever planet, not just Earth. They're around a population for seven thousand thousands of years. How do you expect them to not possibly grow it? Like the fact that you think your Eternals would never push back against you is insane. Like, I just don't get that. Um, Tell them all the plan. And then, you know, then maybe they're on board. Maybe they still fall or something, but it, it's just stuff like that. Like, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. It makes more sense that they would fall. They would like the population and then not want to go through with it in the long run. And, and if they're and fine, fine, I'm wrong about everything Then make them more automatons. Let's actually move into robots. <laughs> like the Manhunters are better than the Green Lanterns for this particular purpose. Like, I, 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 this whole story was all in service of saying Earth is special. Sure, that that is fun. I, I am saying this a lot more generally, not pointing it strictly the movie, I guess. You know, because 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 this has happened time and time again on planets across the the, the cosmos, and every single time, oop, there's the birth of a of of, of a, whatever they're called, celestial. Like Earth is the exception, and it's been it's it's repeatedly been the the the, the exception. Uh, with you know, uh, whether Just it's everything. Doc, yeah, whether it's Doctor Strange, uh, you know, getting out of his thing in his movie, or it's the 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 the, the Infinity Saga loving them. Yeah, as guardians love humans, you know, like Earth is the exception, and this movie is just another one in in a line of movies proving that we're special, guys. We're so special. We're just taking the Mister Rogers mentality <laughs> to its logical conclusion. The, the, the Eternals is just an afternoon special. Well, speaking <laughs> of afternoon specials, let's go to 
mid credits or after credit scene. Let's call it after credit scene. So we see the arrival of two characters. Are either of you familiar with either of who those characters were? Uh, I know one of them was in uh, was was uh, he's a pop star named Harry Styles. As to what <laughs> character he's he, he played, <laughs> no, uh, I'm, I'm not familiar with those two dudes at all. Oh, awesome! Um, what about you, Reed? I'm a little familiar with Eros, but I would say less to a lesser extent in the comics than I am just kind of generally, because because Eros. If I'm not mistaken, Eros and Thanatos are love and death in Greek mythology and all. And so Eros being the brother of Thanos that they say at the end of the movie, and he declares himself an eternal. So it, it just does nothing but raise questions, which I guess is the success of the mid credit scene. Because if he if Eros is an eternal, is Thanos an eternal? How do they do it compared to what the comics did for these two characters? Is Thanos an eternal but he had a mutation so he looks the way he does is he not an eternal because he's a bastard child of eros's family i don't so i'm interested to see where it goes Mm, very good answer by the way um (laughs) you're spot on i mean you're so spot on because he is in the comics uh Thanos' brother and everything you said about Thanos of why he looks the way he does is 100% spot on. He was an Avenger, he being Eros, and he went by the name of Star Fox as his Avenger oh, okay. name. And Do a barrel roll. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> Shut up. The, his powers, though, <laughs> is interesting considering things in the last three or four years that have been in the oh. news – yeah, that he, man's getting me too out of his mind. Yes, because <laughs> literally his power, his power is, <laughs> is to increase your a being's pleasure response. That is yeah. his power. He and he can mm, increase your pleasure response. So take that as you wish. But that is what his powers are, and I just find that interesting. But again, that's his powers in the comics. So. And if those are his powers, then Harry Styles is right on. Like that's ex- perfect casting. <laughs> oh my God, oh no, he's he's very good casting. I I'm gonna imagine they're gonna make him a purple band ish character. That would be my guess because they definitely can't make him. I'm gonna seduce you into banging me. Yeah, true. And and in the when he was a, an Avenger, obviously, well, he he was super strong. He uh, could fly, so you know he had that. So they didn't use the, you know, make someone fall in love with him. They didn't use that often, even though you know he had, he did have the power. Um, so I'm curious where they're going to go with that. But the other character is named Pip the Troll, and at one yeah. point. He was one of five beings that were a member of the Infinity Watch. Each one of them had one of the stones. This was back in the 80s mm. or early it, 90s. Is he at all equivalent to Mr. Mixel Pipplet from DC? Mr. Mixel, whatever, Clippet, yeah. Um, yeah. No, he doesn't have, uh, he's literally, he doesn't have any powers other than being a troll. So, whatever that is. <laughs> okay. I see. Other than when he I, had the uh, stone, whichever one it was. I don't remember. I just know it was like, oh, cool, there's Pip the Troll. I think his thing has always been he's crude. He's got a cigar, and he always has a, a bottle of something that he's drinking. I, I'm definitely on board with Patton. I'm happy to see Patton Oswalt doing something Yes. for MCU finally. Yeah, yeah. Well, gentlemen, before we wrap, I have reached the end of my notes. But before we wrap and do a final review, my question to you guys is, is there anything that you wanted to discuss about the Eternals that we've not brought up? And if so, go for it. Dane Whitman. Mm. Yes, indeed. I know nothing, Dane Whitman. Uh, Yeah. So so Kit Harrington, he was in this movie for a hot second. And mm-hmm. like did his did his best job of trying not to channel Jon Snow, which 
<laughs> Kudos to him. He he wasn't he wasn't quite so as morose as he usually is. So yeah, fantastic. Um, <clears throat> there was the, the second what there was there were two after credit sequences, right? Oh, there was, was there? Did you? Ooh, I missed it. I missed the second one. Oh really? Oh, tell me, did, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. I, I was about to say, do we do we spoiler it for you? No, no, please go for it. Spoiler. Okay, it. tell me. So 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 Kit Harrington's character is kind of you know they 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 hint that he has a. Uh, a a history in his family of of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they they show him in in the post credit sequence getting a box out that has a sword. Oh yes. And the and the sword made. has like almost looks like it has this like liquid coating on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the ebony blade. Yes, yeah. And uh, he he goes to grab like he's he's trying to 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 psych himself up to to grab it and 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 you know I guess become what he is gonna become. Uh, and as he goes to grab it, you hear uh, a, a voice from off screen, which has been confirmed to be Mahershala Ali, who Who's will be Blade. Play Blade. Uh, yeah. And and he says, what does he say? He says, are you sure you're ready for that or something like that? That, that and, sounds about right. Yeah. And then cut to black. Yeah. So the Ebony Blade actually predates Fantastic Four number one. It was created by Stanley in 1955 for the Black Knight comic number one, and that was one of Dane Whitman's ancestors, but this is back in the days of Atlas Comics. It gives Dane a bloodlust, but it also does a dip other type of um, you know, powers, too. But th- the Black Knight comes with the Ebony Blade, which I believe Thena mentions at one point earlier in the movie. So that's cool. Cool, cool. Y- yeah, yeah. Like, sure, Jon Snow got kind of shafted in this movie, but that's fine. They had to service a lot of characters. I like that they left the breadcrumbs to this th- th- this new character that is obviously going to tie in with Blade, which is coming in a, f- a couple years. So I I think the casting is good. Uh, his performance was great. And they gave us just – gave me just enough to feel excited where it's going. Sweet. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, any uh, – uh, what about you, Wade? I, I was about to say I don't, I don't know that I really have all that much other than I'd just be kind of repeating myself. I, I do feel like the to try and not repeat myself. I feel like this movie is getting a bit of a bad rap. It feels like I never thought in while I'm alive and the MCU is still going. I, this would have been the movie that uh, moved Thor: The Dark World to number to second worst movie <laughs> rated. <laughs> I didn't think this was going to be it. So to speak, I, I didn't that to say I didn't have super high hopes for the movie. I just didn't. I don't know. I just didn't really expect it to get some of this. But, you know, I, I don't know. And, and it's also kind of weird that people are complaining about it being glacially slow, that it's these kinds of things or that maybe it's too dialogue heavy. I've heard that a little bit. Whereas, though, neither of those things are as much of an issue for me. And it's more the acting is is some the acting and characterization is a little bit more of my issue than those two things. So I I'm looking for uh, you know this is a unfortunate startup for these characters and these actors playing these roles. I'm looking forward to see what happens in the future, and I, and I hope this doesn't deter Disney or Marvel from trying something akin to this again. Maybe just reduce it a little bit. Yeah. I, yeah. I would like to see a Quentin Tarantino MCU movie. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> he should do just Punisher. to say he should do Punisher. You know that could be all right. That, yeah. that could be all right actually. Uh, um, this this is a MCU movie unlike any other MCU movie. So they do get style points for stretching their legs. Absolutely. Um, what I've seen of a lot of these uh, of the reviews, and I haven't. D- dug deep into reviews, but I, I, I am looking at, you know, like the, the top level comments on it. And I feel like they brought in Chloe Zhao, I think is how you, how you pronounce it. And she's very much a, like an indie 
movie maker who makes movies that you would expect, hey, they're going to get nominated for something. And that, I guess, comes with expectations that that uh, oh, yeah, viewers yeah. you know, may have going in. It's like, oh, this is a Chloe Zhao movie? Oh, then I, I bet you it's going to be this and this and this. And it's still Marvel. It's still Disney. Like in, in, whatever fingerprints she's going to leave on this movie are going to be slight because it still has to fit into the machine even if they're doing something that they've never done before. You know, uh, it, it's it's very unfortunate that this movie came out the week after Dune. Because mm-hmm. by all metrics, Dune is better. But. but and, and they're both playing in the same field, you know, but if you can just ignore Dune, this movie's totally watchable. There's nothing inherently broken about this movie. And I do look forward to seeing it again. That you and you yeah. just hit on where I wanted to go with it, which is or or wanted to comment on what you just said. I want to see it again. I would enjoy seeing it again. And I know we've dissected it over the last hour as we've been talking, which there's nothing wrong with that. But at the end of the day, I don't really have a desire to see Thor Dark World a second time. I would by all means watch this again so there you go that's that's my final thought on it but i have one final question before i turn it back over to you sergio which is and Reed, i'll ask you first one to five if you had to rate this what would you give it out of one to five mm, probably a three all right three you know if we're doing solid numbers probably about a three all right Sergio? Yeah, yeah, I'd have to give it a three. Like, it, again, I, I don't believe in, in Habsies, so if okay. I believed in Habsies, probably 3.5. But yeah, three, three, it's it's better than some of the movies that it's reviewing worse than. Agreed. And I will solidly agree with both of you for a three from me as well. So, Sergio, mm-hmm. my friend. It's back to you. Have at it. Oh, well, Kyle, thank you so much for 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 hosting. Uh, that's fun. The big weight off my shoulders. Uh, and and I, I don't know if you've heard, Kyle, we're, we're going to be rebooting Reality Breached uh, when in the new year. So this is going to be one of the last times you're on the show uh, in this format. So are you basically regenerating Reality Breached? Yes. Yes. We're <laughs> rebreaching. Oh, rebreaching. I like that. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I thank you so much for, 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 for joining us today. Uh, this has been a lovely conversation. I do always love talking MCU with both you and Reed. Uh, and I, I look forward to, let's see, the, the next MCU movie is Spider-Man. No Ooh, way. Oh. Boy. Yeah. So b- between now and the end of the year, we have Spider-Man and we have... Uh, what Ooh, is it? It's, is it this year? Uh, wow! Yeah, so it's, it's this year. It's December. Sweet. Uh, we also have Hawkeye. Yeah. Starting yeah. end of November. So we're, so so this ver- this version of Reality Breach still has some uh, MCU to talk about, uh, and and you can tune in for that. And uh, secretly, me and Kyle are 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 um we're talking about talking about the the X Men again. Uh. As we as we've as neither of our podcasts have ever covered the anomaly that is the new mutants. But you know what we're we're, you know what we're unconsciously doing? We're unconsciously waiting to do our review and we keep putting it off unconsciously for as long as they put it off in theaters. That's what's happening. That's right. They were in no hurry to give us the movie. So we're not going to be in any hurry to tell them if we liked it. Indeed. Uh, Oh, boy. With that said, I thank both of you for joining me this evening. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> Kyle, I, uh, please, please tell us where we can find you. Well, you can always find everything I'm doing at the website discussingnetwork.com. But I would also like to point people to Oz9 Podcast, and you can find that at oz-9.com. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, and Reed, I know 
Uh, actually, no, you do have something <laughs> to plug, kind of. I was going to say, I know you don't do anything. No, you do kind of have something to plug. What 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 did you just finish up like last month? Uh, that feels like a, it's a hint. Can I can it, I get another? It, is this twenty questions? Can I? Yes. Can I get any more clues? What what long running? movie series have have you been entrenched in the past two years that you are no longer entrenched in reed oh are we are we doing the jurassic park thing no no oh okay fast and the furious no that one yet Uh, uh, maybe seven things maybe oh you're killing me man seven things like seven deadly sins that's a pretty decent anime just 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 talk about debriefing and cocktails Ah, that old chestnut, I see. Yes, it's over and done with for the moment. Season one has wrapped up recently, so if you guys get a chance, please listen to Debriefing and Cocktails, where Sergio and me more specifically probably lose our minds over the run long run. Words are really hard right now. Long running (laughs) series. Of James Bond 007 and No Time to Die had recently come out and we have fin- wrapped up that season per that movie. Yeah, you're you're a fantastic salesman. Hey, <laughs> I, I would totally two, buy two that podcast one. from you. Two for one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not very good at haggling. So. All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode of Reality Breached. Uh, tune in next time. Uh, that's Kyle and Reed. I'm Sergio. Uh, as always, get the ransom, shoot the hostage. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Reality Breached. Be sure to check out our other great shows like the Black Pocket Podcast, Shellheads, and Dead Scene Kids, all available on realitybreached.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Discussing Trek. I'm your host, Clarence, and I wanted to introduce you to the podcast. Discussing Trek is all about keeping you informed on the latest news and episode reviews in the Star Trek universe while also staying engaged with our community of listeners. So be sure to hit that subscribe button for weekly content and stay locked in to DiscussingTrek.com for more information. Until next time, guys, live long and prosper.